mums say such silly things like, you know, if you break your leg, don't come running to me. I love that. <laughs> well, it is fantastic, isn't it? It's Mother's Day. And um, why shouldn't we celebrate? Mums work hard and they give so much. One mother said, the joy of motherhood is what a woman experiences when all the children are finally in bed. <laughs> and uh, a mother talking to an old college friend said, if I had to do it all over again, um, oh, sorry, she had three children too. And she said, if you, if you had to do it all over again, would you have children, a friend said to her. And she said, yes, but not the same ones. <laughs> Uh, another mum said that, remember before I was married I had three theories about raising children. Well now I have three children and no theories. <laughs> One mother wrote this poem. Some may climb Mount Everest in search of thrills galore, but I scale peaks that rival it just past the laundry door. <laughs> Slopes of socks and underwear Sheer cliffs of shirts and pants. Oh, yes, I live in mortal fear of a laundry avalanche. <laughs> and, you know, mothers are interesting, aren't they? Because not only do they at times seem superhuman, but they seem to have the same language. You know, like, don't be smart with me. And you ever felt like saying to them, well, do you want me to be dumb? But anyway, and uh, just wait till Dad gets home. How many have said that? I remember my mum saying that to me and I remember saying that to my own kids. <laughs> you just wait till your dad gets home. You know, mothers, God gave us mothers to protect us and to nurture us and to mature us. And mothers take on part of God's loving nature. Your mum was right there in the middle of you becoming you. Without your mum, you wouldn't have life. And religious leaders and politicians and great thinkers and artists often give glowing testimonies to their mum and the impact that they've had on their, she's had on their lives. Do you know, of the 69 kings of France, only three were loved by their subjects. And of those three, they were the only ones who were reared by their mothers instead of by tutors or guardians. It's true. It just may be that when Napoleon said, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world, is absolutely true. Now, I don't know about you, but I always get a bit thinking about Mother's Day, particularly when in the mail I get those really glossy uh, Mother's Day catalogues that kind of look like no mother I've ever met before. <laughs> and and I, look, I look at those sanitised, beautiful, airbrushed women that look like they live a life of luxury and have no screaming kids and nothing would uh, bother them in the least. And I really think, Lord, is that really what motherhood is like? <laughs> And the truth is, I don't think it is. I think motherhood is far more realistic than that. I know because I've been mothered and I know because I'm a mum myself. And I, I think back 
to some of the things that I did when I raised my kids and I cringe because I think, was I really that bad? And I think I was. Um, but the truth is most of us want a comfortable and mutually satisfying friendship and relationship with our mums. But you know, the truth too is that the reality often falls short. So I just want to be real for a moment as well. And uh, let's just move aside the Maya catalogue. You know, sometimes we can experience what I call mother trouble. And sometimes you might feel that with your own mum, you are unable to communicate with her. You might have felt that she lacked respect for your choices and values when you were growing up. Or she might have refused to accept your, your friends or your own family. Or you may have felt that she had a, 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 there was a lack of freedom to have a separate life and that... Um, you, there was a fear of maybe losing her love even if you separated out from her. You might have felt that she was disconnected from and misunderstood um, by you. You might have felt that, she, uh, that you had difficulty in saying no and confronting her. And you might have felt at times that you ha you've had to hide, hide your real self and be perfect or you might have felt that you were responsible to make her think that she is perfect. <laughs> you may have felt guilt when you didn't take care of her as she wanted you to. And you might have felt disillusionment and conflict over her interactions with your spouse, with the person you chose to marry. Guilt over not living up to her expectations and sorrow that she couldn't comprehend your pain. Some of us have even felt almost childlike in the presence of our mums, even though we're adults. Or frustration, as over the years we've seen her getting more and more self-absorbed. Sometimes you might have felt like cringing when she treats your children in familiar and hurtful ways, and sometimes you might just feel discouraged that this list is so long. <laughs> but it is true that... Just sometimes it's hard to love our mums in the way that the Maya catalogue makes us feel that we should love our mums. Last weekend I had the privilege and I, I really thank you so much for some of you were praying for me because I um, went across to Hall's Gap and spoke at a women's convention and of course you know, all the, all the women there were either mums or had been a mum. And you can imagine there were four of us that travelled over in a car together and from the time we left, which is about a six-hour drive, to the time we got home, which is another six-hour drive, you can guess, guys, that we actually didn't stop talking. <laughs> and as I reflected back on some of the um, subjects that we talked about, I recognised that quite a number, you know, focused on, you know, what our husbands were doing, but the majority was about what our kids were doing, the good, the bad and the ugly. And I think for mums, there is this incredible bond between a child and a mum 
that we just love to spend our time thinking and investing in our children. I also have to tell you that last weekend um, I actually graduated from this course I've been doing for about 10 years and it was a, a course birth, that's using mother language, isn't it? Birthed in pain. Um, and it was, it was a bit unfortunate because as it happened, it clashed with last Saturday. And so my graduation was actually on the same weekend as I'd committed to this uh, weekend of speaking. So um, I don't know, you fellas will never understand this, but the girls that have been at our girls' getaway or at a women's convention will understand that by the Saturday night, the women tend to go a little bit feral, a little bit funny. And what happens is that we usually have a fun night where we get dressed up in silly clothes, usually they're op shop clothes or secondhand clothes or bad taste dress, and we do little skits and we do little funny little things. It all sounds really strange to you men. <laughs> but for us women, we have a ball. And so last Saturday night, there were women dressed in snakeskin pants and um, purple hair and... Um, you know, sort of odd clothing combinations. It was very colourful. And um, I guess it was lovely because the committee knew that I was graduating and they actually honoured me with my own graduation ceremony. <laughs> and that's what they gave me, this hat. And I think the tassel actually held up someone's pyjamas. <laughs> but um, I was very grateful... And I actually decided that I was, I actually enjoyed that graduation far more than I would have enjoyed a stuffy uh, graduation at my college. The point of the issue with that, you're probably thinking, what on earth has that got to do with Mother's Day? <laughs> the point of the issue is, I'll be honest with you, I really wrestled over this. How was I going to honour my commitment to what I'd already committed to? when really I just wanted to go to my graduation. But you know what? The funny thing was I had a ball and God blessed me abundantly in more ways than I could ever have imagined sharing my graduation with multicoloured um, outfits of quite shocking, some of them. Um, and that would never have happened at college. <laughs> and so I just praise God and I guess I learnt that when you honour God and you honour his commitments or his commands in your, in your life, he blesses you. And I wonder if any of you have ever been in a position where you've had to make a decision. Maybe it was to honour your parents, your mum in some way, to maintain a commitment but something better came up or you didn't really want to or it may have cost you but you found that God blessed you anyway for making the right decision. You know, our scripture today, and this is a worry because Mason said, I hope I don't have a blonde moment, but I didn't. There you go. Sorry. Apologies to all you blondes out there. Um, but our scripture today is from Ephesians 6, chapter two, verse 2, and it says, Honour your father and your mother, 
which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and you may live a long life. You know, the truth is, when we honour our mum, we honour God. That's what this scripture is saying. This actual scripture is a combination of two texts, one from the Ten Commandments, from Exodus 20, verse 12, which says, Honour your father and mother, that your days may be long. And it's also from Deuteronomy 5.16 that says, so that it may go well with you. And Paul is saying here that we have no choice. It's actually a commandment that we are to honour our mum. But the commandment comes with a promise. And that promise is that we will be blessed. And it's not so much that we will have long, it's not a guarantee of long, long life in that, you know, we'll actually live till we're 120. But what it really means is that all that all will go well with you, that we'll actually live our life in the centre of God if we follow and honour his commands. We'll live our life in the centre of God And in the new covenant, it's in Christ. And our life will never be the same. We'll find blessings where we didn't expect. We'll learn to look for God's incredible love for us in ways that we may have overlooked had we not honoured his commands. Honour your mum because when you honour your mum, you honour God. So what does the word honour really mean in the Bible? Because we say it so so kind of flippantly. We even sang a song this morning about honouring God. And the word really means to give weight to in the Hebrew. It really means to think really carefully about how you need to respond to someone or something. Usually it means to give weight and think very carefully about how you respond to God. And it carries with it two very strong meanings. Honour is attributed to character, but honour is also attributed to your position. And when we think of character, we think of someone who is to be honoured Um, with their character, with words such as trustworthiness, integrity, strength, respect and fairness. And when the scriptures talk about honouring your mum, what it really means is that God delegated his divine authority to your earthly parents. Just want you to stop for a moment and think about that because I know for me, when I was uh, meditating upon and praying about and asking God for what do you want people to know this Mother's Day, it was simply this, that to honour your mum is to honour God. And yet it's not simple because I found that in my own review of my own life, 
I have to be honest and say I don't think I've really truly honoured my mum as God really wanted me to. I say that because I think I've been quite a rebellious young woman. I was a rebellious young woman. And I grew up in a time when my generation in the 70s, and that was when I was an adult, we actually reaped the benefit of all the women that had gone on before us. You see, I had no doubt that I was going to go on and study at a tertiary level, but my mother never had that opportunity. And there was a part of me I saw when I was really coming before God and praying about this sermon that realised I had enormous pride about what I had achieved. And I also realised that I actually, to my shame, had often felt superior to my mum because she never did study. She never, she never went to uni. And I had to come before God and repent of that. And I realised that I needed to honour my mum in a way that actually gave her honour for the things that she wasn't able to do but gave me the opportunity to do. And I felt, I felt very repentant and I asked the Lord for forgiveness. You know, in my reflection time, I realised that it was my mum who actually pleaded with my dad when I finished year 12 for me, in fact, she advocated for me to go on and study because my dad, because of his generation, didn't believe that it was right for a woman to study. It was a waste of time. And as I reflected upon this, I thought, my mum sacrificed her life so that I could improve my life. And so, in a funny way, that helped me to honour my mum even more. Honour is related in the scriptures. And I don't know if you can read these. Maybe you can. Honour is related in the scriptures to words like trust, And the scriptures say that when we honour, there is the blessing of reciprocal honour. We honour God by keeping his commands, the scriptures tell us. But you know, honour requires humility and we need to honour with our hearts, the scriptures say. And I think this for me was something that God laid on my heart this week and in the last few weeks actually, that there were parts of my heart that didn't honour my mum because they were full of the things that I felt she hadn't done for me rather than for the things that she had done for me. And God wanted to change that in my heart. You see, all of us, I can't believe that there is anyone here that hasn't had mother trouble. 
Yeah, would you agree? If you haven't, then you've had a perfect mum. But I don't believe there's any perfect mums. I think back to my own mothering and my children, fortunately, and I don't, only by the grace of God, they've turned out reasonably okay. <laughs> but, you know, I can remember as a young mum getting so exhausted that I would just have screaming fits at my kids. I can remember my daughter, Courtney, had incredibly challenging colic. I, whenever I say that, you can see my face. I think back and I think I had six months without sleep. I had two years where I didn't get one uninterrupted full night's sleep. And I can remember when Warren would get home, my poor, you know, long-suffering husband <laughs> would get home and I'd have an 18-month-old tugging at my leg at a baby that would scream night and day and by the time he got home, I thrust this child in his arms, looking at him as if, how did you get off scot-free? <laughs> and then I would just walk outside and scream. I look back and I think, how did my kids turn out the way they did? Let's be honest. We could all say that about our own kids, couldn't we? As mums, we do the best we can with what we've got, with what we've been given. That's been my understanding as I've got older. And we need to learn to honour our mums with our hearts, with a right heart, with a right attitude that says she may not have been the greatest mum, she may have been downright abusive, but she gave me life and I've determined I'm not going to re repeat the same mistakes. Or she may have been a great mum. Yeah, she had her failings, but God, through loving God, he's giving me a heart to be able to honour the things she was able to give me and able to do for me with what she had. When you honour your mum, you honour God. Finally, God delights in us when we honour his commands. And his command is, honour your mum so it will go well with you. So you won't be bound up in hurt, in frustration, in bitterness. So it will go well with you so that when you don't have those negative attitudes, you can live a long life. You can learn to love her, but not necessarily always embrace all the things that she is and did. You know, the Bible gives us the greatest reason for honouring our mum, and that is because Jesus himself honoured his own earthly mum. The mother of God was a young teenager girl. Theologians tell us she was probably only about 14 when she was actually pregnant with our Lord Jesus Christ. She was a child herself. And, of course, she, was, she had an immaculate conception. 
And so no one understood what that meant in her life, in her culture. And so she walked around with the, the mantle of uh, an unquestionable birth, an unquestionable pregnancy. She would have felt insecure, unworthy and insufficient for this incredible task of being the mother of God. Moses said at the burning bush when given a message and a task by God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? What if they don't believe me or listen to me? Oh, Lord, please send someone else. Moses faced a a tough challenge, but not anywhere near as challenging than being told, you'll have a child as a virgin, you'll be 14, and that child will be conceived through the Holy Spirit, and he will be the Son of God, and he will be the Redeemer of mankind. How's that for an assignment? Mary could have said, Lord, I'm just a girl, send someone else. But in Luke chapter 2, we don't read that. What we read is a poem or a song of incredible honour, of incredible blessing, that the Lord would choose me, a lowly servant girl, for this incredible honour. And we see in the next few chapters, as Jesus grew up, He honoured his earthly mother by obeying her. His final honouring was when he lay on the cross, was hung on the cross. And he was still conscious of his earthly mother at that point when he pointed to the disciple John and he said, take care of my mum. I have a friend that uh, went to Ephesus and at this point you can apparently see the island of Patmos where John was and there's a pilgrimage that that goes up to this little house made of, of rock and it's reputed to be the house where Mary, the mother of Jesus, spent her last years uh, and and the whether it's true or not, the fable goes that John could still see Mary from this spot. Uh, this friend of mine is a Catholic priest and he's quite travelled and, and he said there's, there's something about this place that seems quite holy. But the reason we should honour our mums is because Jesus honoured her mum, his mum, sorry, The other reason is because when we honour our mums, we honour God and God is reciprocal and he wants to honour us. There's the beautiful story of Ruth where we see as a wonderful example of how God wants to honour us when we (laughs) honour him. You know the story of Ruth, the mother-in-law Naomi Two daughters-in-law, Ruth and Orpha, moved to Moab, married um, Jewish men, husband and two sons die, left, all three women left as widows, famine in the land, no famine back in Jerusalem. So the point was, um, Naomi says to her two daughters-in-law, 
Go back to your families in Moab while I go back to Jerusalem. The, the mantle of being a widow in those days was not a good one. You would remain in poverty. You would be ostracised. And so Naomi was looking out for her daughters-in-law. Orpha decides to go back. Ruth says this. Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me ever so severely if anything but death separates you and me. Now, I know you're saying, unbelievable. There's no way I want to live with my mother-in-law. But the main point here is that Ruth was honouring Naomi's God by honouring her mother-in-law. And the amazing thing is that as Ruth honoured her mother-in-law and, and by default she honoured her God, she was incredibly blessed. We find out in the next few chapters that Ruth marries a wealthy Jew named Boaz and then when we read in Matthew chapter 1, listen to this. There's a genealogy. It says, Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute that hid the spies, uh, Jewish spies in her house and rescued them. So Salmon was the father of Boaz. Boaz, Boaz was the father of Obed, Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse and Jesse the father of King David. And we know that Jesus came right down this line, don't we? Only four women other than Mary, the mother of Jesus, are mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. And this woman, Ruth, who chose to honour her mother-in-law and her God, is given incredible honour herself. We can't outbless God when we keep his commands. We really can't. No matter how hard they are, God will give you his spirit to help you. God wants you to honour your mum because when you honour your mum, you honour your God. And, you know, I have to tell you, the more I fall in love with my maker, the more I become aware of what he's done in my life, that he's taken this very rebellious, miry clayed woman and he's shaped something beautiful, I just yearn to love him and make him happy. I yearn for him to delight in me. And God is clearly saying one of the ways you do that is to keep my commands, is to honour your mum. So what about you? How can you honour your mum when now you understand that it is more than just a flippant saying, it's a precious command and that it actually honours God, which is 
our duty, but also hopefully the delight of your heart? How do you go about honouring a good but flawed parent or maybe a parent that's been abusive? How do you do that? And you might say, well, Gail, it's fine for you to honour your mum. You've probably had a great mum. But I didn't. I had one who abandoned me and neglected me. How do I honour her? Well, you know, God does say that with the bucket you use to measure the sins of someone, the same bucket will be used to measure you. And I wonder if you've thought about that. You see, you need to give appropriate weight to every good thing that she gave you and appraise realistically the bad that she did as well and give it its weight. But then pour the oil of grace and forgiveness over the bad and honour the good. You know, grace is something that we receive, something so profound, something so deep, we didn't deserve. And that was Christ's death on the cross for us. God says you honour me when you honour me with your whole body. And grace says I gave you extraordinary, extravagant love and you didn't deserve it. So how do you honour your mum even when there's mother trouble? Well, you weigh up the good and the bad but with the same grace that you've received and the same depth of forgiveness that you've received, you go and do likewise. Someone once said, why is it that God seems to use only flawed and guilty people? And God answered, it's because it's all that I can find. So we need to honour our mums because it's honouring God. And one way that we, you can do that is to be realistic and then to forgive and pour the oil of grace and to honour the good. Another way is that honour the fact that no matter how, how challenging our mums were, there was a mum that gave you the privilege of life. Dallas Willard said, if you didn't deeply appreciate the weight of her giving you the gift of life, you are condemned to despising yourself for who you are. You've got to push through all the pain, all the rejection, all the hurt that you might have experienced to get to a point where you can surrender that so that you'll be released. And the funny thing is, you end up having a better relationship with your mum than when you hang on to things. The third thing is you need to do a treasure hunt. Alan Meyer talked about this in his um, sermon called The Parental Paradox, how to love someone that causes you pain. You need to do a treasure hunt. You need to really think back on all the good things she did for you 
and not necessarily the bad. You know, I did that myself the other day and I, uh, my heart was starting to warm to the incredible gratitude that I actually had for my mum. Another thing you need to do is you need to try and understand your mum. You remember I told you that, you know, a mum, my mum and probably all your mums did the best they could with what they had. I have to tell you that this weekend, um, which was yesterday, um, we, we went on a pilgrimage with my dad. So this is about my dad, but it does imply my mum as well. But my dad, my dad didn't have a great childhood. He had a very bad childhood. He had an abusive childhood. And he really wanted to retrace his steps of where he was born, where he lived, where he moved to. And it just seemed like a heart thing he wanted to do. So I arranged for our family, all my sisters, um, to meet in Melbourne. And yesterday we spent the entire day travelling and, and going back to his roots on this pilgrimage. And as we did, we, we stopped off at a place called Garfield and the local... Um, um, well, it's now a haberdashery shop, but the local general store was where he spent a lot of his youth and I took photos and the lady let us go into the, the back and it was just like walking down memory lane But I, for him, but I got a better understanding of who my dad was. And, and then we drove way up to a place called Nuji and even further on to a place called Fumina, which is absolutely the end of the earth. And at this little place at Fumina, he spent seven years, seven years of um, a time he would rather forget just working in a potato patch. And all he wanted to do was get out. And I looked at that desolate, isolated place and I started to understand my dad and some of his ways and some of the things he's said to me over the years so much more than I could ever have understood I appreciated if I hadn't have done that journey just yesterday. And I know we're talking about mums, but we need to understand our mum's life so we can understand who she was. We need to understand our dad's life so we can understand who they were. And that helps us to understand why they were as they were. We need to, to be proactive in that. Get out the photo albums, ask. Ask about their, their parents and their parents' parents. Understanding who they are helps us to forgive. Last night, we continued our discussion with um, Jordan and, and Anthea, my daughter-in-law, and she started to share about her own mum's life. And it helped us to all understand why her mum was the way she was. And fifthly, how do you honour your mum and therefore honour God? Well, I have to ask you, how much do you love your God? He'll give you the strength. Remember, first and foremost, you are honouring your God and he is always deserving 
Remember, Jesus set the example by honouring his mum. You know, honouring and valuing the preciousness of the position of motherhood in a world where motherhood is becoming minimised. You know, there's a term out now called yummy mummies. We're supposed to, after we have our babies, in six weeks' time, get back to looking slim and gorgeous. What happened to the year we could take off in just blobbing and just, <laughs> and, and just eating and making up for all that incredible sacrifice we made? The world's gone crazy. <laughs> just crazy. I lost weight running after my 18-month-old and just wearing myself into the bone. It was nothing to do with putting on my joggers and pushing the stroller while I ran around the park. <laughs> Sorry, some of you might do that. I never got time <laughs> to do that. I just never had time. I was exhausted all the time. To honour your mum means to honour God. And our mums gave us life. And they may not have been perfect, but as Jonathan prayed in the beginning of this service, we've received so much from them. Do you know, psychologists tell us that who we marry, our career choices, even our temperament, our attitudes to life, all come from how we were parented. There is so much weight on this thing called being a mum. It's an honour and a privilege. And my prayer, my prayer has been so much for you that you will take this scripture this command from God, you'll take it seriously, that you'll even now, as you've heard this sermon, will be going through and processing in your mind the things that you might need to do in order to respond differently to your own mum. You know, I think, what are the things that we can do? Maybe we have to contact our mum more often. Maybe we have to go and visit her more often. Maybe we have to tell her thank you, even when it's hard to find things to say thank you for. But thank you for when you did that. Or thank you for the one time you told me you loved me. That meant so much for me. I just really have been praying so deeply that today would be a day that you'd leave here really thinking with a different mindset as to how you should honour your mum because of the weight of it, the importance of it, because God is deserving of that. God is the one that deserves that from you. So I just want to ask that we spend... Just a moment. We're going to have fun, right? Just closing our eyes and just coming before God.
and actually asking him to help us to pour the oil of grace on our mums, to thank, to ask God to help us to thank our mums for what they did give us. And for those of us that find that hard, then the Holy Spirit will help you. This might be your defining time. This might be the very morning that God, not Gail, but God has called you to forgive your mum, to praise and, and hold up more highly the good things that she did rather than just focusing on the trouble stuff. Our mums are God's delegated divine authority to us here on earth. Our God says it is a command and with that goes a promise. And I want to promise you that if you do this, you'll be released to live a life fully in God. But you know, you'll find in a funny way, as I have found, that I can actually honour my mum more and more because I'm not bound down by the unforgiveness of hurts and wounds. Does that make sense to people? Let's pray. Lord, I just ask that in these few moments of quiet, that we could just come before you. We thank you for your truth when your word tells us that we're to honour our mother and our father, but also for the truth that when we honour our mums, we honour you and how important, how incredibly important that is. Lord, I pray in these moments, as we reflect and search our hearts, that we could surrender to you the things that maybe we've held on to that have been wounds for us in relation to our mum. I pray that in this time there would be opportunity to say thank you to you for giving us the mums that you gave us and for the things that she gave us in our lives, for prizing her for who she is for what she was able to give with what she had. We just have a few moments now to do that.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of life and for the gift of life that you gave us through our mums. Thank you for your truth. It says when we honour our mums, we honour you. In Jesus' name, amen.